You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with my co-host, Chris Thompson. Hey, what's going on, Dave, man? It's a beautiful day. Beautiful day it is, sir. Absolutely. And you know what? Today's guest was phenomenal. Tell the listeners who we spoke with today. Okay. So today we brought in Arne Senadella. Uh, Arne is the founder of the Spark Investment Group. Uh, they help single-family rental investors scale and invest in larger multifamily properties. Uh, Arne has over four decades of real estate brokerage and investing experience. He spent over 35 years as a residential real estate broker on the San Francisco Peninsula, where investing in uh, single-family rental properties in the San Francisco Bay Area and uh, across the country. Uh, Arne moved to Greenville, South Carolina in 2014 to start a new life adventure with his life partner, Laura. Uh, and in the midst of COVID, he restructured his real estate portfolio into multifamily properties in the South Carolina and Georgia. And so today we spoke to Arn about his background and his transition from single family rentals to multifamily and some of the benefits that come along with investing in multifamily. Arn dropped some pretty good tips for newer investors that are looking to get started in uh, passively investing in real estate. You know, I got to say, uh, this is a great episode, especially for passive investors. And he drops, like you said, he dropped a lot of good stuff. And in particular, he brought up a good point a one specific area, you know, real life example of why passive investing can be so powerful. So make sure to stay uh, tuned in for that. But uh, before we jump into today's episode, we want all our listeners to know that we truly appreciate you tuning in. If you'd like to show some love and haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and written review. It really helps us attract more guests, grow the podcast, and ultimately provide better information for everyone listening. Also, if you're a passive investor or looking to learn more about passive investing, then check out our website at twosmartassets.com. There you can find our passive investing guide and apartment syndication sample deal that will have you primed and ready for when the real opportunities come your way. Also, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We're posting some great content on there, so make sure to follow us and start connecting. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's jump into today's episode with Arn Sinadella. Hey, David. Great to be here. Thanks for having me and looking forward to having a nice chat. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. Uh, we've been excited to uh, talk to you. Thank you, Chris. Same here, buddy. Absolutely. We're very excited to speak with you, Arn. We've been waiting for this for quite a while now, so super pumped. Um, you know, we know you have a ton of experience in real estate. You know, you got a lot of a lot of stuff on the broker side, and now you're moving into the multifamily for a few years now. Give us a bit more about your background and how you got started in real estate investing. Sure. Uh, good question. Uh, I was kind of a typical middle-income American kid who was expected to go to college and do well and get a degree and so on and so forth. And I did that, uh, went to college, grad school, got a master's in chemistry from the University of Michigan. But through that process, I kind of realized that that really wasn't my passion or life's calling. And I wanted to return to the San Francisco Bay Area, which had basically been my lifelong home. And my dad had a residential real estate business in Menlo Park, California, which is adjacent to Palo Alto, kind of bedroom communities in Silicon Valley. And so way back in 1978, probably at the age of 22 or 23, I joined my father at Cinnadella and Company, and he kind of taught me the brokerage business. 
And also he was an active investor and I learned from him. So I felt fortunate to have that great mentoring as well as doing business and probably one of the best real estate markets in the world. So uh, that's how I kind of got started. It was literally a five or 10 minute conversation with my dad. It certainly wasn't on my radar, but I just kind of knew I wanted to return home and I needed a job. And so that's what I did. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool story. And you know, in your bio, we, we mentioned uh, briefly that, you know, you, you recently restructured your real estate portfolio into multifamily properties, you know, from single family rentals. Uh, can you take some time, talk to us a bit about the reasons why you transitioned from single family to multifamily and what that experience has been like for you? Sure, sure. Great question. And I'm kind of happy to share it. Uh, I may be a little slower than many people because it took me maybe to the age of 66, 65 to kind of figure it out, but but I'm happy to share it. So um, I would say there's a variety of reasons. Um, what I've done through my investing career, and I'm sure many of your listeners do the same, you kind of have a spreadsheet with all your rental properties and you list market value, loan, equity, gross rental income, expenses, net income. And you like to keep track of that and see how your portfolio is going. And um, I did that at the start of 2020. And my rental portfolio has done very well. But when I looked at the actual cash return on the equity I had in those properties, uh, it was minimal. It was probably three to 4%. And of course, a lot of my investments were in the San Francisco Bay Area, which aren't really, isn't really a cash flow market. It's more an appreciation market. Um, so the cash flow I was getting off my rental portfolio was relatively meager to what I could get by investing that same equity in multifamily properties. So that was kind of light bulb number one. Light bulb number two was as much as I enjoyed managing properties, I was generally great about selecting tenants and developing personal relationship with tenants. Uh, I don't really have any landlord horror stories that you often hear about tenants and, you know, knock on wood, that's how, how my investing career went, though you have to acknowledge they do happen. But I think as I've gotten older, I've kind of been less enamored of the day-to-day responsibilities of managing rental properties. If you start to accumulate 10, 15, 20 rental properties, yeah, probably have 20 mortgages you got to pay a month, 20 property tax bills, insurance bills, repairs, maintenance. And so I just wanted to kind of free my time from that day-to-day management responsibility. And I think multifamily gave me that opportunity too. So I would say the transition was primarily increased cash flow, less day-to-day management. And I think the other thing I would say is, in my opinion, and I know others will not agree with this, uh, it seems to me when somebody is at the peak of their W-2 career, making good money, making good income, maybe in their 30s or early 40s, in my opinion, their focus should be on kind of capital growth, growing your net worth, because I think at the end of the day, the income you're going to have in retirement, whatever that means these days, 
is mainly a function of the size of your nest egg. And so in my opinion, focus on capital growth early on in your investing career. And then as time goes on, perhaps you shift more to the importance of cash flow. Both are important, but I think it's a scale that each investor has to weigh for themselves. So at the age of 66, I think it just makes sense to me to turn that equity into higher monthly cash flow because I no longer have the 1099 or W-2 or Schedule C income that I did when I was 35, 45, or 55. So I think that's the other reason I made the switch. Well, you know, um, I'm actually curious, like after you've made the switch, you know, going through what you've had to go through last year and like, what are your goals moving forward now that you've kind of established your, the template that you're using now, you know, um, what's your outlook going forward this year or, you know, Yeah, yeah. Great question. So for me, I want to, even though I have 40 years of real estate experience, most of it's been in the single family realm. So one thing that I want to continue to do is increase my knowledge of multifamily. Uh, I recently closed on a 12-unit building here in Spartanburg, South Carolina, about 40 minutes from where I live. And that's the largest number unit property I've ever owned. And I realize 12 units isn't a lot, but for me, it's the biggest one I've ever uh, owned. So I think I want to increase my knowledge of the actual operation of multifamily. And the, 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 my other passion is real estate investing has provided me a very nice life. I've generally been able to maintain a healthy life work balance and been able to have fun every day while taking care of business also. And I know corporate America can work those be their people to the bone. And the, the nine to five today is probably really more like eight to six, right? It's oh, yeah. it's it's hard to detach. So my other goal is to help other Uh, busy professionals and also small-scale landlords transition into multifamily to kind of free up their time, which in my mind is probably as precious a commodity as money. You know, they're both very valuable. And uh, in today's 24-7 internet, social media world, uh, with all the demands people have on their time, I find most people just don't feel they have enough time just to sit back and relax a little bit and hang with family and friends. So helping folks do that is something that I want to do moving forward. Yeah, I think that's pretty fantastic, you know, and, you know, being able to help people invest in real estate and kind of get that, you know, that financial freedom and that get some of that time back, you know, that's huge because, you know, I think we're pretty much all going for that, right? I mean, if you talk to most investors, who doesn't want that, right? So being able to provide that to others, massive value right there, Arn, and uh, we love to hear that. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, you kind of your goals going forward, just so I can get some clarification. We know you did a small multifamily um, recently. Um, are you looking to do anything with larger multifamily, maybe into the syndications and stuff like that? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. So uh, at the end of 2020, I completed my first syndication investment as a co-GP would be my best description of my role. Uh, 167 units in Augusta, Georgia. And as part of that, I put up earnest money deposits, so I had capital at risk. I was fully involved in the due diligence of the property. 
the team and I walked all 167 units. We looked at all 167 leases and and we worked hard, but we also had a good time when we were down there doing it. And that that has to be part of it, too, you know. Absolutely. Uh, and um, I'm just now in the process of completing a 93-unit portfolio ac- acquisition here in Easley, South Carolina, which is about 10 to 15 miles west of Greenville, South Carolina. And I have a few other potential investment opportunities I'll roll out here in the next couple of weeks. So um, it's been great getting started in that. And I think that's a way to also kind of further my education. At this point, being perfectly frank, I don't feel qualified to run a 250-unit apartment building as the lead operator. I don't lack for confidence, but I know what I can do and what I'm qualified to to do. And of course, when you're investing your own money, maybe you, you, you get a little more aggressive. Maybe you take a few more risks because it's your money. You can do what you want with it. But I think when you handle other people's money, that adds a whole nother level of responsibility uh, that, that I take seriously. Forget the legal responsibilities. It's just the ethical and moral responsibilities of taking care of people who put their trust in you. Uh, It's an awesome opportunity and it's a big responsibility and you want to do well with that. Absolutely. And, you know, there is a lot that goes into syndication, especially on the active side, right? And, you know, if you're coming from, you know, you've been a broker for for many, many years, you did some single, you did a lot of single family rentals, uh, small multifamily, and then, and then, you know, you're on the active side of syndication. That's a huge progression right there, right? There's a lot that goes into it. And I'm curious, what are your thoughts on passive investing? You know, we got a lot of people who are doing passive investing in syndications. What are some of your thoughts on that? I really like passive investing. And even though I'm moving into a more active space, I'm going to continue making passive investments. Um, I think one of the great things about passive investments is it's easy for somebody to diversify. And I think in today's crazy world in 2020 has demonstrated that and somebody as old as I am have been through lots of cycles. I paid 11 and three quarters for my first home mortgage, all right? 11.75 and now we're talking two five. Uh, So, you know, with age comes maybe some kind of uh, a perspective. So I think diversification is critical. And so with the six passive investments I've made, I have two class A properties, newer, high income tenant demographic located in major metropolitan areas. I have two class B investments and I have two class C investments, workforce housing. Uh, Four of them are in the Southeast One's in Boise, one in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So all great markets. And so now I'm diversified across the country. I have different asset classes, different tenant demographics, different business plans. And so I'm able to diversify and protect my portfolio by spreading my investment dollars. So as a passive investor, my recommendation would be you don't have to go all in on your first deal. Put a little money here. See how you like it. See how the, the, the sponsor performs. 
put a little bit here and see how that goes and kind of get your feet wet gra gradually. It might almost be called like dollar cost averaging for stock investment, right? You don't go all in at once. You, you, you allocate your assets slowly over time. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought up diversification because, you know, people typically think of, you know, maybe their investment portfolios, you know, stocks, bonds with something else, maybe some gold, uh, maybe a little bit of real estate in there somewhere. But, you know, you bring up, you know, real estate syndications and automatically thinking like, well, that's just going to be one, one piece of it. Right. And that could be just, you know, one piece of the diversification. But the reality is just like you brought up the ability to be able to diversify within real estate, real estate syndications is massive. Right. Cause you got, just like you said, you got different markets, you got different uh, asset classes and then you have different sponsors, right? I mean, you're, you're, there's so many different ways to diversify just in real estate syndication. And I think it's a huge point that a lot of newer investors might not uh, gravitate towards immediately, but it's definitely something they should be paying attention to. And it's easy to do because if, you know, you could say, well, I'm just going to go out and buy a 12 unit building and allocate that capital there as opposed to putting it in four or five passive investments. But now all your equities in that one property. And I think the other thing I would say is there is a reason for specialization of labor. And so if you're a great software engineer uh, or a, a fabulous attorney and you're very busy, uh, that doesn't mean you're going to be a great real estate investor. So I think let the people whose compensation is a function of the production of the performance of the asset take that. And, 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 and let them use your, their expertise for you. And coming from Silicon Valley, a lot of my friends have lots of stock. And unlike some apartment syndicators, I believe there's a place for stock market investing in everyone's portfolio. Uh, but what I would say is if 90% of your net worth is in the stock market, maybe consider taking 10% of that and investing it in real estate. So I'm not suggesting you need to make a massive shift in your plan, but just do a little diversification. And um, I think multifamily real estate particularly has held up very well in 2020. If one is to reflect back in early March and April, the doom and gloom crew was out and, you know, massive vacancy and problems. And by and large, multifamily has held up very well in a very tough time. Absolutely. You couldn't be more right about that. And I kind of want to extend this conversation a little bit. We know we touched on diversification quite a bit. And obviously, that's super important. But, you know, we are, Chris and I, and obviously you uh, as well, aren't a big advocates of passive investing in real estate. You know, we, we think it's, you know, as a couple of guys with full-time jobs, you know, being able to put our dollars to work in, in these types of assets, it's very compelling. And, you know, some of our listeners, they may be newer to these type of investments. So other than diversification, let's take a little bit of time and talk about why, uh, you know, maybe newer investors to this should be considering these passive investment vehicles. Sure. Great question. And so I'll, I'll, I'll get personal about it. So uh, I started collecting Social Security September 2020. Okay. Uh, and I think everybody knows, your listeners know, Social Security is only going to provide a portion right. of, of what you really need to, to live comfortably. And, and, and I don't have a jet set life. I have a nice, simple life. Uh, 
So I'm not jet setting around. That's not what I want to do. So I've worked over 40 years of uh, in my life, probably actually closer to 50. Hope this is okay. My social security check is about $2,500 a month. Okay. And I've done well. I've had a successful career, $2,500 a month. So in 2020, I invested $275,000 in six different passive investments. My monthly income from that and those investments is $1,625. So I think if your listeners think about, okay, Arn's worked 40, 45 years to get $2,500 a month Social Security, and he's invested $275,000 in passive investments and is getting $1,600 a month, maybe investing passively is not a bad way to go to generate ongoing income. And of course, in five, six years, when these passive investments I've made kind of, let's call it mature and the assets sold and you recoup uh, a sum with maybe shooting for a two, two-time equity multiplier, I'll be able to reinvest that money. And now maybe that 1600 a month becomes 2500 a month. So by investing, and I'm not going to say $275,000 isn't a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but it's not super big amount of money. And it's not out of range for most professional people who have been working. And so when you think about that investment and kind of the income it can create, especially if you keep recycling that investment, it's pretty impressive. And I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I believe people have done studies of the return on social security. Right. If you were to look at what you put into Social Security and what you get out, what's your IRR on that money? I think it works out to be about one and a half, two percent. Right. So if you can go passive investment and get six, seven, eight percent cash on cash with a modest 13 or 14 percent IRR, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to invest some of that money in passive investments to create income moving forward. Yes. Absolutely. You know, everything you just said, it's a great story, right? And it really puts in perspective how powerful this can be and how compelling this investment is. Because, you know, what, what we're really talking about here is collapsing timeframes, right? I mean, you're letting your money work for you and you're basically getting, you know, so much in return, you're getting this cash flow. That's what we all want is cash flow, right? I mean, that's what exactly what we're looking for. And that story puts it into perspective. Exactly. And, you know, like I said uh, a little bit earlier, you know, a lot of our listeners, they're newer. And so, you know, just from your story being so compelling, uh, I know a lot of listeners will be like, hey, we need to look more into this. You know, we need to learn more about it. So, you know, coming from your experience, you got a lot of experience, you've done passive investments, you've done active. Let's say you're speaking with somebody who's completely new to this type of investment, uh, passive investments. What advice would you give them to get started in the right direction? I would uh, suggest that they take time to educate themselves about passive investments. And the great thing is there is so much information available to people free. Podcasts like yourself. There's lots of material on the websites. Um, You can certainly purchase books. And so I would say start by educating yourself about it. And then start making contacts with syndicators who offer these investments 
to individuals. It's important for potential passive investors to make contact with folks within the industry so that then when they're ready, these opportunities come across their desk, right? It, it, uh, it, 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 there's no MLS for passive investing, okay? So you can't go on Zillow and find passive investments. So education and podcasts are a big part of it. There are also, you know, boot camps and trainings. Those might cost money, but there are a lot of free education. And then I would start looking at investment opportunities most investment opportunities, the sponsors give webinars. I would attend those webinars. There's no pressure. You don't even have to intend to invest. But I would say, as you hear these operators speak, you'll get a sense of who they are. And does their approach to investing make sense to how your mind analyzes it? And also, even more important than that is, do you feel these people are ones that you can trust with your money. That's more of gut, gut instinctual type feel. There's no spreadsheet that's going to tell you that, but I think you just rely on your life experience. And when you meet people, you get reactions to them, either positive or negative. You can trust or you have to be careful. Then uh, the other thing you can get on websites is lots of information about various markets. There's various Facebook groups, and I'd start attending those because, again, there'll be markets that appeal to you that what's happening in those markets makes sense and that you see how this is going to continue with job and population growth. So you then get an idea of what markets are interesting to you. And now I think you start zeroing in and over a period of three, six months, I think you can gather enough information. So you're really at the point where you're maybe ready to make that first passive investment. Wise words right there. I think we completely agree with that, Chris. And I definitely know that route, you know, get educated and then start networking, right? I mean, back when, uh, you know, events were in person, I don't, I mean, we, I, I don't even know how many we attended. Chris and I were all over the place trying to attend as many events as we possibly could. And then, uh, and then it's reaching out to sponsors, you know, because I mean, and you know this, Arn, we all know this, the most important piece of this puzzle, if you're making a past investment is the sponsor. I mean, you know, the sponsor is going to be the one who execute the business plan, uh, whether it's a good deal or a bad deal, if they have the experience and the knowledge, they're going to be able to make it work, right? Uh, for the most part, typically. Couldn't agree more with everything you said there. And, you know, running these larger apartment properties is a business. So it helps to have experience kind of running this business. It's a multi-million dollar business is basically what you're buying when you invest in a two, uh, 200 unit building. And so you need people who know how to run that business. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And that was a uh, spot on. Absolutely. All right, Arn, you know, this has been a great conversation. We really enjoy getting to learn more about you and your story. Uh, but before we get out of here, we're going to take some time and shine the spotlight on you. So okay. tell us listeners more about your company and what, it, what else you have going on. Well, thanks so much. So uh, the name of my company is Spark Investment Group. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn. My website is investwithspark.com. My email is arn at investwithspark.com. And my cell phone is 
always love to talk real estate investing, happy to answer any questions. So reach out to me um, in Greenville, South Carolina, which is a booming market, kind of midway between Charlotte and Atlanta. So I'm trying to really develop some opportunities here in what they call the upstate of South Carolina and primarily in the Southeast. So if you're interested, reach out. I'd be glad to talk to you and help you along. Arn, can we, we're going to make sure to put all that in the show notes. Can you provide your uh, phone number just one more time? I just okay, want to make sure. sure. Uh, 650-575-6114. Excellent. Perfect. Thank you so much, Arn. Sure. Arn, Thanks, Arn, we're going to make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes, all those links, all that stuff. So if any of our listeners want to reach out to you, they can do so. Um, you know, it's been great having you on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and we look forward to talking with you again. Well, thank you, David, Chris. Thanks so much. And uh, I look forward to following your career as you move into syndication and helping others invest. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be great to watch. So I'm looking forward to it. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.